The road we're on is paved in Garth. Come along on the journey. As we explore Garthology. Think of it more as a conversation. I like that. So if this is truly a conversation, then I say let the conversation begin. Showtime! Hi guys, it's Deb. And I'm Pete. And I'm Jess. Welcome to a new episode of Garthology. All three of us are back and we are super excited to be together again. And a very special welcome back to Jess. Yay! Yay! Finally, I'm back. (laughs) We're all together. The team is back in the saddle again. (laughs) That's right. Okay, so let's get back to learning about the past, present, and future of the number one selling solo artist of all time, Mr. Garth Brooks. For Season 2, Episode 17 of Garthology, we're going to review the first five songs on Garth's seventh studio album, Fresh Horses. Fresh Horses was released on November 21st, 1995. So my oldest, Samantha, was five months old at the time, and she recently turned 26 years old. Wowzers. Oh, that's crazy. Most of the songs were written by Garth in collaboration with others, so this album definitely has a more autobiographical feel to me. These songs were mostly written by the man singing them, which lends to a more personal sound. Fresh Horses peaked at number two on the Billboard Top 200 Pop Chart and was number one on the Country Album Chart. For this review, we will only be covering the original 10 songs that were released on Fresh Horses. We will not be covering the limited series version, which included a cover of Bob Dylan's To Make You Feel My Love. If you'd like to hear our thoughts on Garth's cover of To Make You Feel My Love, check out Season 1, Episode 5, Let's Talk About Love where I discussed it as one of my favorite Garth love songs. Now let's get to it. We'll head over to Pete for song number one. Thanks, guys. I am so excited to have the first song off the first half of the Fresh Horses album. The song is the old stuff. Detroit. Those wild Seven pickers and all our gear in a rental van Playing music, never sleeping, and working on the neon tank We played the barn down in Santa Florida The Bev Roberts out in Camden Park We plugged it in a beast of bowling and the place went dark The Old Stuff was written by Garth Brooks, Brian Kennedy, and Dan Roberts. The Old Stuff was not released as a single, and it did not peak on the Billboard chart at any spot. One thing that just grabs my attention on this song is the opening, Whoa, I Said a Little Prayer, with the keyboard in the background. And man, you know from that point on, it's going to be a great song. As he sings the first verse and gets to the and I pray that Detroit, and then boom, they hit it with the... uh, drums in the background, the crowd comes in, it takes my level of excitement 
of a heart rate from maybe 105 to 205 right away. I love the story behind the song and in the lyrics of a crew who has been busting their ass to make it, and they finally did. When he sings the next verse, it just sets the storyline for the song. He sings, Back when the old stuff was new, back before the buses and the hardworking boys and the crew, well, it was one big party, but the business called paying our dues. Back when the old stuff was new, I just love like that small little verse of how much information it really does tell you. When he says back when the old stuff was new, to this day, that line still has meaning to the records and songs that he continues to put out. This new stuff, it will soon be that old stuff if we think about how time goes on. And then when they say, oh, the stories they could tell if not for the code of the road, could you imagine some of those stories that they have that we don't hear about? I have that same thing flagged. I love that line because I'm always like, oh, just tell. Come yeah. On. Just I mean, just a us. couple, right? Just share a couple from a couple years. Like, just let us be on that bus with you, like a fly on the wall in one of those buses. But I love how they talk about that code of the road, you know, so it's not just Garth and his band, right? It, it must be everybody, everybody who travels together. I love how he pays respect to Casey, the Opry, and the Ella Garus. Also mentions Uncle Joe, you know we owe it to you. I researched these. Casey is a nod to Oklahoma from what I could guess. I mean, that was one thing that made sense to me. I don't know how or where else it would go. I, I couldn't find much information on it. We obviously know about the Opry. And then the Ella Garus. Okay, so I was lost. I actually, quite honestly, until I did the research, didn't realize that that's what he said. Like, I just made something else up, I guess, to make it sound familiar. And then I saw the lyrics and I was like, okay, I got to look into this. I'll be honest. It's a legendary old school nightclub that was just a place for songwriters. Uncle Joe was a man named Joe Harris, which is a trip because the man who owned the business that I run now, his name's Joe Harris. And I was like, whoa, what a coincidence that is. But obviously not the same guy. That would be cool. Uh, Uncle Joe was the first booking agent for Garth, and I uh, first heard Garth in 1988 and immediately signed him to Buddy Lee Attractions. So a little bit of uh, interesting you know, section there and, and some research I was happy to find. I love the song, the story behind it. Like I said, it comes on, and if you're not standing up and singing it at the top of your uh, lungs, you really just need to check yourself for a pulse. So Deb, what are your thoughts on it? Like you, I really enjoy how it starts out slow and then bam, it just takes off. That's probably my favorite part of the song, because when it first starts, if you've never heard it, you don't know what to expect, and then it just hits. And if I remember correctly, I think this is the song that he used to open his world tour from 96 to 99. And I just remember going to those shows and this being like, I just love that he came out talking about, you know, the old stuff and playing it and singing about it. And so... I'm sure that this song really means a lot to him. And personally, I love the stories that Garth tells in this song because you really know what he means when he says he loved what it was like coming up in country music, hanging out with the band, eating bad food. You know, there were no rules. They were young fools. And I love to hear Garth talk about those old days because I wasn't there when he was coming up when the shows were small but crazy and they were all still unknowns. So in this song, I feel like I can picture what it was like for him in the band. And I just bet that the dive bar tour that they recently did really brought back that old day feel for all of them because they were playing small places. They were getting right up close with the fans. And 
dang it, I wish I had been able to go to one of those dive bar shows. It would have been so great. And I'm glad he's starting them up again. I wish there had been a chance to go to one in Vegas. I know they're going to do a couple later in the year, but unfortunately, we're going to Vegas. They're not having a dive bar there. And I just hope that someday I get to go to one because I think that would just be the best way ever to see him. And so if any of our listeners out there have gone to one, please contact us, send us an email or on social media, send us a message and tell us all about it so I can live vicariously through you. Yeah, I'd love to hear that too. I'll read those as well. Right? So Jess, what do you think of the old stuff? Um, I agree with you guys. I love the intro on this one. I like that there's such a difference in the sound that you go into it with just Garth and the piano and then the band kind of opens it up the rest of the way. And, you know, you were talking about that you remembered that he had used this as the opener for the shows. And I never got to see this one live, but I know that it's one that he would change it where it says, and I pray that Detroit goes wild tonight and he would change the city name. And I'm sure people just lost their mind because, I mean, I would if I was there and he did that. Yeah. So such a fun lyric for that. And I just I like that it's just jumping and hopping and fun and Trisha's there and background and. And there is a sense of of just nostalgia with the song, like kind of a fun nostalgia, because, you know, I too remember when the old stuff was new, you know, yeah. all the, the classics that we would call Garth classics now, once upon a time, you know, we were hearing them as number one songs on the radio. And so that's fun now that we get, like Pete was saying, the stuff that is new right now that someday will be old, but we do have such a long career at this point that we can look back to those songs that are such big hits that are our old stuff and that there's, you know, emotional fun ties to those songs. And then I just, I love, there's a section of the song where one of the lines is balls out, no doubt. This is what it's all about begging for a place to play, but there's like three or four lines there and they all have that same cadence. And I just love that, that it changes in the middle of the song. And there's just like that one stanza that has a different sound or a different feel. I don't know why I love that part, but that's probably my favorite part of the song. But yeah, I really love this one. Yeah, I never thought about that whole stanza, the, the way that it's a different beat. Yeah. But you're exactly right. Like the, the way it's, the way he says the words is completely different. And that now that you say it, I'm like, oh, yes. And it's genius. I love that. That's great. It's, it's pretty neat how like, I mean, and that's the thing about the song, right? With the up-tempo beat and the, the change there. That's part of it that just, it really just grabs your attention in the song and it just keeps you going from start to finish. Like, I mean, it's not one that you could settle down to for sure. Yeah. But yeah, it is pretty cool when he would come in and, you know, take Detroit out, put wherever he's at and the people are going to go crazy. So. Mm -hmm. Yep, for sure. All right. Well, that does it for the old stuff. Let's pass it to Deb for song number two. Song number two is Cowboys and Angels. God took passion and thunder patience and wonder then he sent down the best thing that God ever made cowboys and angels leather and lace salt of the earth and only grace cowboys Cowboys and Angels was written by that awesome trio of writers that we've spoken about before, Kent Blasey, Garth Brooks, and Kim Williams. 
man, these three men really know how to write a cowboy song together. It's got a retro feel, and Trisha is so good on the harmonies. The story in this song is that God had already created a cowboy, and now he has to create the perfect companion for a cowboy, so he creates an angel, a cowgirl. The lyrics are so beautiful and perfect. For example, So God looked out all over creation and listened as that cowboy prayed. God took passion and thunder, patience and wonder. Then he sent down the best thing that God ever made. So those for me are just a couple of of examples of the lyrics in this song that I think are the absolute best. And then I also love the cowboys and angels, leather and lace, like comparing those two things. It fits so perfectly Mm -hmm. together. It's such a great contradiction between the two things. And I just love that. And the song as a whole really brings me back to an older style of country music. So Jess, what did you think about Cowboys and Angels? I also mentioned it has a very classic country sound. Um, my notes, that was the first thing that I wrote down just on a general listen to the song, and which I like. I like that Garth's albums go back and forth and you have things that are kind of maybe have a little more rock feel and then things that are definitely a more country sound. And this one is a classic country sound to me. And then again, I like that Trisha sang on this one because we've talked a billion times about how great their voices blend. And that's still Mm -hmm. just as true as it always is. And this is a song that, I mean, at least in my world, it's very identifiable because most of the good old cowboys that I know, those older guys who've been out like actually living the cowboy life, they mostly, most of them have a woman who's been with them for a long time that's just, they would tell you is their rock like just the person behind them. And so that's what I think of whenever I hear this song is just those solid relationships that have had that background where you see one of them and you just think of the other one, like they just kind of go together. And the line that I love out of the song is the one that says salt of the earth meets heavenly grace. I don't know why I just like that line. (laughs) When you said the line you liked, I was like, oh, I'll just finish it up because it's just the rest of that line. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Pete? What do you think of this one? Cowboys and Angels, it always catches my attention. When he sings on the eighth day of, I'm always Mm -hmm. expecting him to say July for my birthday. But it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen. But for real, this is this song, it, it's country through and through to me. Uh, what a very powerful story and a very short three minutes and 17 seconds song. Like, I wish that the song continued. It could just tell a much longer story. And the violin in the instrument in the background of this song is all I really could care about hearing other than Garth and Trisha's voices. Like, it, it's very, very powerful. It carries the song along. Yeah, it's a really, really good one. I really enjoy that song. And, and, you know, obviously, nod to everything that you guys have said, you know, as far as your guys' thoughts on it, I had a lot of the same notes. It, like, when I was researching it, I kept listening to it, listening to it, listening to it, because it's not one that comes up a lot, I guess, like on a bunch of the favorites, but when it's there, I listen to it for sure. It's a good one. Yeah. It's on my playlist, though. Is it on your playlist? Yeah. I, I mean, every possible song is on, on my playlist that Garth has. <laughs> But like, there's ones where you'll repeat it and it puts them up in the yeah. list. So this one's kind of far down. I don't know that I ever listened long enough to get to it a lot. Yeah. It's not one you play three times in a right, row. So right, right, right. Yep, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a good old country sound. I really like it a lot. Yeah. yeah. So let's go over to Jess for song number three. All right, guys. Song number three is The Fever. 
got a split finger wrap and his rope pulled way too tight. He's got a lunatic smile cause he's really drawn deep tonight. He's got a fever. The Fever was written by Brian Kennedy, Dan Roberts, Joe Perry, and Steven Tyler. And Brian Kennedy is kind of an all-around entertainer. According to his website, he's um, not only a singer-songwriter, but an author, actor, life coach. He owns a coffee company. He's co-written several songs for Garth, including Beaches of Cheyenne and The Old Stuff, which we just talked about off the same album. Um, And if you're wondering anything about him, you can check him out on his official website, which is www.brian-kennedy.com. And Dan Roberts, before he decided to head off to Nashville, used to be an amateur bronc writer, which I thought was a pretty cool background. That is neat. And he also co-wrote several songs for Garth. And he and Brian Kennedy actually opened for Garth on his 96-97 world tour. And he also has a website, www.danroberts.net. And both of them have recorded solo albums. So if you're interested in hearing anything from them specifically, you should check those out. Joe Perry, one of the other four, was lead guitarist and founding member of Aerosmith. And he also has his own solo band called The Joe Perry Project and is a member of the Hollywood Vampires with Alice Cooper and Johnny Depp, which I thought was such a far step from country music. (laughs) But I was like, good for him. Um, And Steven Tyler, I don't feel like needs too much of an intro. I had to read and be like, like the Steven Tyler? Like the (laughs) one? Yeah. Lead singer of Aerosmith, father of Liv Tyler, and apparently country music songwriter. Nicknamed the Demon of Screamin' for obvious reasons, if you followed his career at all. And if you don't, if you live under a rock and have no idea who Steven Tyler is, a quick Google search will tell you everything you ever wanted to know and probably some things you didn't want to know about him. So this song is one of those where the intro just kind of blasts right out of the gate and it reflects what the song's talking about, which is just a fast-paced, adrenaline-fueled rodeo life. And there's a couple of songs that Garth has, as you fans all know about rodeo life, but this one is definitely the more kind of the fun side of the rodeo, I think. We've talked about the crazy fiddle on this song and how fun that is, and I maintain that it definitely makes the song musically. That being said, the really heavy drum beats, I feel like, are what kind of keep the pace and keep the song moving forward and just kind of makes you bob your head and tap your toes while you're listening to it. Uh, My nephew rides Bronx, and this song reminds me of what he must feel that keeps him getting up on that wild ride over and over again because it's terrifying to me and it's terrifying to watch, but... I get an idea of it when I'm listening to the song that, you know, the appeal. And like I said, this is the more fun side of it as opposed to maybe like Beaches of Cheyenne or even Rodeo that are a little more gritty or not necessarily always the the fun side of or the appealing side of Rodeo life. And you can hear Garth having fun on this song, too, because vocally there's the part where it says, I think you're right. And it gets really loud and like manic (laughs) and it sounds crazy because it says you think I'm crazy and I think you're right. But I know you love this one, Pete, because you've talked about it before in past episodes. Did you have anything you wanted to mention this time around? Yeah, again, like the first thing that always comes to mind when this song comes on 
is if you're around me, you better hope that I don't have a drink in my hand. Because I always <laughs> picture Garth flinging the water bottles at yeah. the beginning of the song. He always goes over, grabs two water bottles, and when it comes on, he's just like, bah, 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 and water's going everywhere. And for once, like I would just love for me to be able to do that to people standing around. <laughs> it's one of my top five songs to see Garth and the band perform live. It's, it's just amazing and so full of energy, like you were saying. And I know that we mentioned it before. But I just don't know that the fever is the fever without Jimmy. And I know we talked about Jimmy, you know, in the episode that we recorded for him. But the verse where he says he takes one last breath and time turns inside out, then the gate busts open to the world he dreams about. I'm like, dang, it just makes you picture a man on a bull or, you know, bareback horse. Radio gate opens up and they just get after it for eight seconds. Well, they hope for eight seconds. Right. Uh, you know, I've done those like padded ones, like in a bar, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. This is a whole live one. Like it just, it'd be cool. And I'd probably try to do it to impress somebody, but it wouldn't be a good idea. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, I have talked about it. The fever is, is one of my favorites. And like I said, I love, I can't wait to see it Saturday. Deb, what'd you think? So like Jess mentioned, there were four writers on this song, but what you guys may not know is the reason that two of them were Aerosmith members is because this song was originally an Aerosmith song. No, did not know that. Had no idea. Yeah, it was called The Fever. And so the reason the other two got songwriting credits is Garth found this song. And obviously, once I read you some of these w- lyrics, you'll understand why they wouldn't fit a Garth Brooks song. So the other two writers, made it a Garth Brooks song. Well, knowing some other Aerosmith song, I, I could guess some of the lyrics that right. might have needed to be left out, but I'm going to be interested to hear <laughs> what you have to say. So I'll give you a sample of the Aerosmith lyrics, and then I'll read you some of Garth's lyrics that took the place. So Aerosmith, I got a rip in my pants and a hole in my brand new shoes. I got a margarita nose and a breath full of mad dog booze. I got the fever, fever, fever. Yeah, they threw me out of jail. I tell you, it ain't fair. I tried to kiss the judge from the electric chair. Yeah, we're all here because we're not all there tonight. The guitar's cranked and the bass man's blown a fuse. And when the whole gang bangs, tell me then what's your excuse? We got the fever, fever, fever. Fever gives you lust with an appetite. It hits you like the fangs from a rattlesnake bite. We're all here because we're not all there tonight. So, of course, we all know Garth's lyrics of, He's got a split finger wrap and his ropes pulled way too tight. He's got a lunatic smile because he's really drawn deep tonight. So that's where they took the place. They took out these things that totally fit Aerosmith and then made it totally fit a Garth Brooks song. Like, it's amazing when you compare the that's two. unbelievable. How crazy to hear that song, though, and be able to be like, you know what? We could do something totally different with this and make it ours. Right. And I will add in a snippet of the Aerosmith song here, and you will see it's totally different. Like you would never imagine the Garth Brooks song that we know today as the Aerosmith song that it was originally. Wow. Right after this, I'll add in a snippet. I got a rip in the pants and a hole in the brand new shoe. I got a margarita nose and a breath full of mad dog food. I got fever. Judge me 
So back from Aerosmith, and now we're going to go back to Garth. So I love, love, love how Garth made this song his own. Changing the lyrics just worked for country music. And it worked so well that Chris Ledoux then recorded Garth's version of The Fever for his 1998 album, One Road Man. So I will add in a tiny snippet of that song as well. But obviously, it's much more similar to Garth's song. He got a split finger wrap and a rope pulled way too tight. He's got a lunatic smile because he's really drawn deep tonight. He's got a fever. So this is the song that when Garth sings it live, like Pete mentioned, he just runs around like a man on fire. He's going a mile a minute. He's shaking water bottles, drenching the band, drenching the fans, just putting it all out there. So it is one of my favorite songs to hear him sing live, too. You can tell that he's just having the time of his life out there, and all of us are right there with him. So although the song didn't do well chart-wise... It will always be one of my favorites for that reason. And I can't wait to see it again. I'm so excited. Yeah. That's a great one. I was I was glad to get to talk about that song because it it is such a fun time. Mm -hmm. We're going to slow it down a little bit. We're going to take it to Pete for song number four. Yeah, I get to review the fourth song, That Old Wind. Someday you tell her about the money he gives. Someday she'll tell him that the boy is his kid For right now they're both in love The only thing they're thinking of Is that they're finally where their hearts have always been That Old Wind was written by Lee Reynolds and Garth Brooks. It was released on September 30th in 1996 as the sixth and final single from Fresh Horses. The song peaked at number four on the U.S. country charts and number three on the Canadian country charts. When this song starts and you hear that wind sweeping through the air, just like talk about a sound that can give a person goosebumps right away. Like every time when I hear that, it's like it grabs my attention. I've always loved this song, and I really thought that I knew the story behind it until I researched it, and I have to admit, I was so, so wrong about the meaning behind the story of the song. But now, like, listening to it and doing the research, it really does make much more sense, which makes me love the song that much more. So bear with me, because I did copy and paste what I had found about it, because I couldn't find a way to really do it justice by putting it into my own words. But what I found that the song was about, it's about two lovers who have been separated for some time. It begins with a female character who, upon dropping her child off at school, hears on the radio that an unnamed singer will be back in town tonight for one last show, which obviously is lyrics in the song. She attends this concert where she reunites with her lover after a 10-year separation. Their reunion is described in the lyric, that old wind had once again found its way home. Like, I think about that, like, holy moly, that's such a great, you know, like, he, like he's come home. That'll win has found that way home. And the bridge reveals that each of them have a secret. Her secret is that her son, mentioned in the first verse, 
is the unnamed singer's child. And that blew my mind. Like as many times as I've heard this song, as many times that I've listened to it, as long as I've been a Garth fan, I never put two and two together. Like that child was born from their first one night stand 10 years earlier. And his secret is that he, he had hidden some money. However, neither one of them revealed their secrets to each other during the song because they are in love and happy having found their way back to one another. And like, I thought, what a badass, like, love story, like, come back full circle 360. But at the same time, it's like, huh, you can't truly be in love until you tell each other's secrets for one another, in my opinion. Like, you guys are at some point. So I challenge Garth, he should write up a follow-up song to this song, a follow-up <laughs> song to this song to see how that story really ended up. But That'll Wind is such a good, good song. And now that it makes more sense to me about the reasons and the meanings of the lyrics, it, like, it definitely jumped up a couple spots on, on my favorite list for sure. Deb, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I just love this song. You know, I'm a real sucker for those vivid Garth story songs. And this ranks right up high on that list to me. I just think from the beginning of the song until the end, you have a complete story. To me, the theme of it is that if love is meant to be, they'll find each other again. And so it all flows so well together. And as a listener, I feel like I'm just living the whole story with the singer from beginning to end. And then that end is such a great twist that the woman's, you know, son is his. But I guess they don't explicitly say it in the song. But I think you know that because that tour bus leaves without him and he's left there with her, I think that to me that ultimately means a happy ending. She's going to tell him about the son. He's going to tell her about the money. And so I just love that. I love that it's such a complete story and that it proves that their love was meant to be. I think the music is beautiful. And like Pete mentioned, that wind sound effect, I love that effect. I think it's like the cherry on top of this beautiful love song. And so I always get teary-eyed at this one. What about you, Jess? I love the song. Uh, to me, it's just like, I don't know if it is just the story in and of itself or if it is the wind sound effect, but it's one of those that I could fully see being a movie. Like they could write it out. I would watch it a hundred percent. Like I'm sold on the story already. It's one of the best story songs out there to me. I'll never forget. There's a video somewhere of Garth playing it live on, I want to say it was good morning America and maybe Robin Roberts. I can't remember for sure who the interviewer was, but I remember the look on her face because when he gets to the song and he, and he sings the part about, you know, one day she'll tell him that the boy is his kid and just like watching that moment and watching the little audience that's there kind of hear that moment for the first time when the song was new, because I don't honestly remember the first time I heard the song. I just remember knowing the end of it. That's so fun to see that reveal on their face for the first time, you know, hearing it back in the day when it wasn't out there yet. My favorite part is the end when it says, right now they're both in love. The only thing they're thinking of is that they're finally where their hearts have always been. And that like has a special place in my heart because I literally remember the first time I heard, for sure, because there was some talk for a while, but the first time I heard for sure 
that Garth and Trisha were publicly together, that line popped into my head mm, yeah. because I was like, they had such a long road and there was a while, there was probably like a year or two there where everyone like kind of knew that maybe like they'd been seen together and, you know, but before it was official and when it was official, I was like, finally, like, <laughs> it's it, out. It, it took a while, but gosh, guys, you know, so that line, I always think of them specifically whenever I hear the end of that song, not the story, but just that one line. But yeah, that'll always be one of my favorites. And it does come up frequently in my playlist because I just run it back and play it one more time every time I hear it. <laughs> it's crazy because when you talk about like, the, you know, where the boys as kid, like I said, originally I didn't, I never put two and two together. And maybe it was just because I had dreamt up this own storyline of my own while hearing the song and then going back and doing the research and listening to it little by little and reading that I was like, it's been there the entire time, but I completely just skipped right over it. But it makes much more sense now. It's so good. Well, sometimes I think, too, when it's those songs that you know and you've heard a million times, like you hear the chorus and you kind of sing along with it, but you're probably doing other things while you're listening to it because you already know it. And so you don't really stop and listen to what it's saying because it's just always been there. You know, that song's been around so long. But I love that. I love that we can still listen to it and find those things. That's another great thing about this podcast is this gives us the chance to dig deeper into those things that we've never dug into before. Slow it down, research it, listen to it a little bit slower. Yeah. All right. Well, that does it for that old win. Deb, what do you have next for us? Song number five is Rollin'. It ain't no rear view mirror The only way to get where you're going Is find that higher gear And keep it rolling Life's gonna run you over If you don't get going So sit on and feel the earth move under me Moving with the motion of a melody Oh, I get the blues in the rhythm Ain't got no soul Roland was written by Harley Allen, Garth Brooks, and Lee Reynolds. Before his passing in 2011, Harley Allen wrote for many singers, including Alan Jackson, George Jones, Joe Diffie, Linda Ronstadt, Tracy Bird, Dirks Bentley, Kathy Matea, Blake Shelton, and more. The list goes on and on. Lee Reynolds is a musician, songwriter, who played with Reba, Garth, the Judds, Aaron Tippin, and more. So you should definitely check him out. The lyric writing in Roland are some really great writing techniques. You have metaphors, similes, and analogies, and all of them are trucking related, which I think is so cool when you start to look at the lyrics of this song and you think about the fact that it's called Roland and it's about trucking. And I just love that. Mm-hmm. And every every twist in the lyrics it's related and it's so cool when you dig into it. For example, the only way to get where you're going is to find that higher gear. I love that. That's a great line. Or life's going to run you over if you don't get going and moving with the motion of a melody. I just love those. Those are great lyrics. And then my favorite of all in this song, she says, life is like a windshield. It ain't no rear view mirror. Like, that's great. You always have to look forward. Don't look back. Just look forward. I love that. That's such a great lyric. Yeah. And I will say, too, another one, although this one's not truck related. I also love the the line, 
oh, I get the blues if the rhythm ain't got no soul. That's a great line. Like blues, rhythm, soul. Come on. That's a great line. So good for them. I really appreciate the lyrics in this song a lot. And I also like how it gets a little naughty at the end. That kind of tickles me. You know, we've kind of talked about this before. When Garth goes a little bit naughty, I get a little giggly. So I just love that. Uh, That's enough of that kind of talk. (laughs) Your nephew doesn't want to hear it. (laughs) So normally I would say this is just a bluesy rock country standard song. And I, I think it would almost be forgettable, except the lyric writing is so clever that I actually like the song more because of it. It's more memorable to me, even though it's not one of Garth's most standout songs. So, Jess, what did you think about this one? I love this song. I think, like you said, it's very fun. It's a little sassy and flirty. I like that it has the metaphor about the highway or trucking. It's one that I put on repeat a lot or at least skip it back once or twice before I let it pass when I'm listening to it. And I, you know, again, it's fun. There's a lot of fun Garth and Trisha vocals and harmonies on this album. And when I hear this song, I picture them. I don't think I've actually ever seen them in all the years and all the things I've seen them perform together. I don't think I've ever actually seen them perform this song live anywhere, even not at a show. I just don't think I've ever seen them sing it together. But I picture it in my head very much in the same vein of Honey, Can You Squeeze Me In? Like that kind of give and take and very sassy and flirty kind of. So it's fun in my head to watch the song play out. And musically, it's just a fun song. I can't sit still while it's on. It's very upbeat. And it's a great uh, non-hit recommendation. If you're a little less familiar with the songs that weren't singles back in the day, I really think you should go back and listen to this one and you'll be pleasantly surprised. Agreed. But what about you, Pete? Okay, so first of all, before we um, move on, if we're going to do this podcast, Auntie, if you're going to use big words like that, I need a heads up (laughs) so I can understand what they mean. Okay, I get metaphor, but all that other stuff you talked about, no idea. Just not a clue. But when it comes to Roland, like, I feel this song so much. I've always been one to try to keep looking forward, moving forward, and never slow down. It's the perfect, like, trucking song for that. And like you said, the metaphor is in it. it. It does keep you going like that. And you had mentioned life is like a windshield. Just keep looking forward. Move in that direction. Like, don't ever look in the rear view. Now, there could be a time you might want to look in the rear view to, to build a little bit of momentum off of what not to do or what was back there, a little bit of, you know, kind of push you forward type thing. But everything is right in front of us. Like, just keep looking forward. I love the message that life and love will pass you by if you don't keep moving. I think that that's great. There are so many lines like that in this song, like you had mentioned, that are just so good. It's fun. It's upbeat. You know, you talk about that naughty place. Like the only thing, it's a couple things doing this song. Number one, like I kept like, this is a song I'm definitely putting on on the way out to Vegas, right? Because you just turn that thing up and just go, right? So you can listen to it. Yeah. And then when you get to that, like when you were talking about like getting to that little like naughty area of Garth, I always thought that that was kind of like a, like a truck stop, like a homage to trucking, like the truck stop. Because, you know, truck stops places are a little freaky, like. (laughs) crazy right some weird things happen there like i don't know maybe that was maybe that was just they were paying a little bit of respect to that i don't know but it's such a fun song and like jess said you know if if you're a little long, uh, younger and you you don't know a lot of the older classic garth this is a good one to get yourself familiar with it's a very fun song yes it is oh i would love to hear him sing it live that'd be great right oh yeah. get your signs ready right if they do it at housekeeping and i'm not there i'll be so mad 
Oh, okay. I won't make the sign. I won't hope for it this time. But you better okay. record it. <laughs> okay. Maybe we can get a hold of him and just have him do it live for you. Be like, hey, listen, we got to call our friend. We got to phone a friend. You got a minute? <laughs> you got some free time before you go on stage. Yeah, you should get on that. Uh-huh. All right. That wraps up our discussion of the first five songs from Garth's seventh studio record, Fresh Horses. And now into breaking news. Breaking news. On June 25th, 2021, Garth Brooks broke the entertainment record for Nissan Stadium in Nashville by selling more than 56,000 tickets in 75 minutes. The concert will be held on Saturday, July 31st at 7 p.m. at Nissan Stadium. This will be Garth's first ever concert at Nissan. Garth has continued to break records with the sales of tickets on his stadium tour. He recently sold out an August 14th show in Lincoln, Nebraska in 75 minutes, in addition to his July 17th show in Salt Lake City, which sold out 50,000 seats in 30 minutes. On June 12th, he tweeted that he broke the record at Arrowhead Stadium, selling out 74,000 tickets in one hour. Well done, Garth. That is amazing. That's crazy. He It just does not slow down for this man. Yeah. We, you know, a lot of people went through the career and then we waited for the return and came back strong for him. And now, I mean, you know, it's not because of COVID, but with the break with COVID, like it just seems like all the Garthologists, like we are coming in hard for him. Cause like anytime that we can get tickets, we're going to try to get them. And I think everybody has that same feeling like good for him. Yeah. People are so hungry to just go out and have a good time. And what better way than to just go rock out at a Garth concert? It doesn't get better than that. Absolutely. All right. Let's go over to Pete for shout outs. Shout outs. Yes. This week's shout out goes to Andy Rutherford. We appreciate the email and all the love for our podcast. We cannot wait to listen to yours. And as soon as we do, we'll give you some feedback as well. We appreciate the support, Andy. Thanks so much, Andy. Thanks, Andy. Just like us, the Garthology website is back and better than ever. Have you checked it out yet? If not, stop by Garthology.com today. Leave us a comment on our blog page and sign up for our newsletter at the bottom of the website. Plus, if you have any ideas for Garth topics that you would like to see us cover, there's a special tab on our website for show ideas. Drop us some suggestions and we'll give you a shout out if we record your idea. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast on your podcast platform of choice. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, stop there now and give us a rating and write up a quick review to let us know how we're doing and to encourage other Garth fans to listen. If you are in a Garth Brooks fan page on Facebook, be sure and share us with your group by posting about us or sharing one of our posts there. Help your friends in low places become Garthologists too. And speaking about friends in low places, you can find us on our social media platforms. If you use Facebook, we are at facebook.com backslash GarthologyCast. And if you're on Instagram and or Twitter, you can find us at GarthologyCast there as well. I will tell you guys that every day we get so many interactions, likes, people just interacting with our socials, and it's so much fun to read and respond. So if you guys could keep pushing those share buttons, keep tweeting us, keep liking us, that's that's the kind of support that we enjoy. We, we want to say thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. 
Don't miss our next episode of Garthology, where we'll be sharing our research as well as our thoughts and feelings on the second half of this classic Garth album, Fresh Horses Part 2, coming to your podcast platform of choice on July 17th. Until then, this has been Season 2, Episode 17 of Garthology, and I'm Deb. I'm Pete. And I'm Jess, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. So what did you guys think? Sorry. What did you think, Jess? Yeah. I was like, well, it's Jess's turn. I always know who goes next, and I'm like, "Mm, there's no next there. You didn't introduce it right, Deb. My bad.